You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Joe Taranto and joining me is Gary Hallis, the Method Development Coordinator within the Australian Water Quality Centre at SA Water. And today we're discussing the latest methods for identifying bacterial contaminants. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. Gary, you've got a background in microbiology and molecular genetics, and you've previously worked with the medical industry. What brought you to the water industry? Um, I've been working in laboratories for 36 years, and I progressed through different hospitals with the microbiology, and my interest became molecular focused. And when I came to SA Water, the industry needed to look at better ways to solve future issues in the water and molecular techniques are becoming that future. So we certainly know the water industry has a real responsibility to the community around their safety of the drinking water and certainly we want the community to feel safe when they are drinking tap water. Could you tell us a bit about the project that you've been working on and the methods you've been working on regarding E. coli and how you explain the problem and the solution that you've been working with? You're absolutely correct. When the public turns on a tap, or they use a hose, or they jump into a swimming pool, or in the shower, you have a right to feel safe in Australia. And that is what all the utilities are doing. Um, When you say to the average person, what makes you safe? They say, chlorine. There's chlorine in our water. But that's not exactly correct. There's lots of barriers. But what if they are overloaded? What if things become resistant? What if things fail? So there's another layer that we have called monitoring. And what we do is monitor for indicator bacteria that indicate that pathogens are present. And that is where E. coli comes in. And the best way to sort of explain this that everyone would understand is like in a swimming pool situation. Think about being in a pool and what is the worst scenario you could imagine happening. Yeah, well, I've got a three-year-old and I can pretty much guarantee it. it, it's, It's not nice. Am I thinking the right thing? You're absolutely correct. Everyone would say if a small child did a number two in the swimming pool, everyone would be screaming. They would think it's really gross and they would jump out because they feel it's not safe. Yet that pool has disinfection chlorine in it. So it's not just about the chlorination, it's about your inherent knowledge in yourself about that water has become dirty and contaminated and it could make you sick. So you get out the pool. But the thing about that is in your child, I can know if I can use your child as an example. Sure. Um, in your child, he has something in his gut called E. coli. And that E. coli is very unique to your child and probably to you in the family, maybe carrying the same E. coli an expert in Australia called Professor David Gordon. He's proved that each person has less than 1% chance of carrying the same E. coli as you and me. But in your family, you probably do carry a similar clone, what they call a clone. Now, why is that important? What if three or four or several children pooed in the water in that swim pool once? That's a bad party. Yeah, bad party. That would be called sewerage. And that's when Water utilities need to know when is there human sewerage or when is there not human sewerage. And that's very important because if you imagine the swimming pool now being a reservoir, you would want your suburb to be protected and you'd want to know where that sewerage came from. 
And that's the main point about the swimming pool, is that it's like understanding when animals are just pooing there and it's not dangerous, or when a bloom E. coli from these unusual E. coli occurring, which are not harmful, and when do you get these equal E. coli, the number twos. So bloom E. coli, what you're saying, it isn't coming from necessarily a human source or an animal source. Can sometimes it just happen because of something that's happening in the water or? Absolutely correct. This is a, a, an evolutionary shift that's occurred with the E. coli. Um, we're not sure why. It's like, it may be climatic orientated. It might be water conditions are changing across Australia, but we're getting these bloomy coli's which is the main indicator for water utilities and it's masking or has the potential to mask the number twos in the reservoir like the pool. Mm -hmm. And we need to know that to protect you and your suburb and your city uh, so you can keep carrying on as normal drinking that water. Tell us about the method that you've been developing at the Australian Water Quality Centre. So um, this comes back to the cancer genetic stuff. Like in the hospitals, you chase cancer genes, which hopefully they're gonna be successful one day. So we transitioned that technology uh, with a couple of instruments, they're robots. Uh, one is called the Iron Chef. Um, you'll understand why, because it creates, uh, to put it easily, like a DNA soup from that water, and it attaches a barcode to each one of those DNAs. And it also then creates this DNA chip. Um, so it's like going to the supermarket, barcoding up, and we can tell from those barcodes what every animal is or what every E. coli is. Back to your, again, to your child's E. coli, very unique, we can fingerprint it. That's hooked up to another instrument called the S5. That's not your phone, but it is like a phone. It actually has um, the ability to read that chip, but it's got millions and millions of bits of data going through it. So that interprets it in a way that we can then work out each E. coli and what type it is and how dangerous it is. The implications for this sort of uh, methodology, are you using it at SA Water now or is it still being developed? No, uh, the technology is uh, what I'm presenting is actually quite well developed. Um, it's called whole genome sequencing. Um, it's been around for quite a while but not used in this particular fashion. And it's really very new to the water industry to be able to very clearly delineate these bloom E. coli's that are occurring versus where the fecal E. coli, to the point where we can even sort of tell what animal that these E. coli are coming from and track them down a pipe to see if it comes out, where did it come from? Um, we're also using the technology to do many other things. This is only one application. This is the future change. It's, a, it's like a step change. It's not just, there's things going on in the environment that are changing the way bacteria are evolving. Um, so things are not responding the way we might expect. Um, we can look at the resistance, antibiotic resistance with this technology. We can look at virulence. We can look at what gene transfers are occurring to make bacteria maybe resistant to even disinfection. These are all very important questions as the climate and things are changing in our environment constantly and these bacteria are evolving very well adapted and we need to understand when are they dangerous and when are they not. 
So this technology is critical to the future of that. It is faster when you use different techniques uh, or do you want to know everything about a particular bacteria, not just E. coli, other bacteria too. So this is going to be used for nearly every application and again it's evolving itself. It, it's like mobile phones, they're getting faster, quicker, there's even one been developed you can take to the field. So at the AWQC we have a very powerful instrument um, and it does lots of samples so it depends on the application that you're after but again this is based around the cancer genetic technology and you want to find every gene in the water you're able to do that now. So water authorities in all states they're going to have the opportunity to utilise this technology. Where to next? I think at the moment the AWQC has a lot of very good water quality scientists that are very well trained they, um, we've been developing this for a very long time within our research arm and also in our routine laboratories. So we technically are bringing it to the industry to, um, to view it and to also get, get applications that we may not be aware of that they want to use it for. I think that um, over time people will see that this has got so many different ways you can use it and will give you so much more knowledge about protecting the public and how, do you, how the water is, um, matrices are changing and what's in there. We can use this to look for fish, uh, vertebrates. There's so many different ways that people can uh, change the, the application. And I think over time people will start to use it themselves once they get the expertise. Look, I don't think I'll be inviting you to a pool party anytime soon, but it's been great to talk to you, Gary. We've been talking to Gary Hallis, the Method Development Coordinator within the Australian Water Quality Centre with SA Water. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much.